Masechet Nazir Daf Mem Vav. We're going through the procedure for Tiglachat Tahara. We began it in the in the previous Mishnah, and now we're continuing um, a Nazir who completed successfully his period of, of Nazirut. Um, what does he do at the end of the Nazirut? So here our Mishnah teaches Shelamim O Sholkan. So you take the Shelamim offering. And you would boil it or sholek. Sholek is some an, another type of cooking. Some say overcooking or undercooking. Some kind of boiling or uh, roasting with a lot of liquid. And so the Kohen will take the foreleg of the ram um, that was cooked. After it's cooked, he takes the foreleg. And he's also going to take one hala masa, something unleavened, one masa. And also another one that is a, a wafer, it's cooked a little bit differently. And he's going to put all of that on the palms of the Nazir and he waves them, right? Like we do with the Lulav, the way we wave it. The Lulav is actually based on this uh, Tenufa. This is not the only, there are many uh, Korbanot that we do uh, Tenufa. Once he does the tinufa, then that permits the the nazir to go ahead and drink wine, and he beca- he can become tamelamet. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon, however, disagrees. He's more lenient and says, "No, you don't have to wait for the tinufa." Once you take the uh, um, blood of one of the offerings, um, whichever one you do first, and you sprinkle that blood on the Mizbeach, then that's the, that makes the, that first Korban official. The sprinkling of the blood is the main thing that completes the um, offering uh, procedure. So once he does the first one, then the Nazir can go ahead and he can drink wine and he can become Tamelamet and he doesn't have to wait till all the, all the way at the end when he does the Korban, the, when he does the Tinufa, the waving. All right, that's the Mishnah. We saw two opinions. We're going to see now Braita that also has the same two opinions, but in different names. So, Tenor Banan, Vachar Ishte Haina Hanazir Yain, Achar Maasim Kulam, Dibre Rebi Eliezer. Rebi Eliezer in this Baraita is the same as the Chachamim up here, who says that you have to do all of the procedure and the waving is the last part of it, and only then can he go and drink wine. Chachamim, however, say, no, just after the first item, meaning the sprinkling of one of the sacrifices. So Chachamim is parallel to Rabbi Shimon. Okay, now we're going to see the uh, the um, uh, source for Chachamim. Um, the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer is pretty clear. We can actually look at the Pesukim now. And you see it says here that this is after... He, uh, um, he, he shaves his head and he puts his hair under the shalamim. That's what we talked about last time. And then, um, he takes that shalamim and he cooks it. And once it's, uh, once it's cooked and boiled, he takes the, he takes that shoulder and he takes chalat masachat, minasal, uh, and he takes these two loaves. And he puts them on the palms of the Nazir after 
he had shaved. So the order is shaving. That's what we saw over here in Pasuk 18. And now this is the, uh, the cooking of the, of the, um, and taking of the shoulder and putting it on his hands. And then, behenifotam, and then he waves it, right? So the order is going to be that he shaves first and then he waves it. And after that, it says ve'achar. Notice it says achar here, right? So he has to do the waving after the shaving. And here it says he has to, after he does the waving, then he can drink wine. So it seems pretty clear from the simple reading of the Pesukim that he's going to have to, he's gonna, he already did one of the Korbanot because, right, that's what we talked about before. Um, and, um, and he does the shaving. He puts the, uh, the hair under the fire. So shaving, waving, and only then. That's the very last thing, right? Then is the conclusion. So the last thing, after he finishes everything, then he can go ahead and drink wine and also become Tameh Lamet. So that seems uh, the, the simple reading. Um, is in fact like Rabbi Eliezer. You have to you have to do the whole thing. Wait till the end. You have to do the uh, the waving uh, too, and then you can uh, shaving and waving, and only then you can drink wine. So we now we're going to ask about Chachamim. What do you mean? You can start drinking wine, the Nazir, even after um, uh, uh, even after just one thing, after he just uh, sprinkles the blood of one of the sacrifices. How does he how does he read that into the Pesukim? And the answer is so just like in that second to last pasuk 19 it says after he shaves so that's talking about after one thing meaning after shaving uh let's look at the pasuk here when do you do the um the waving after shaving and so the word achad here means after this one um, important item that you have to do shaving and then waving so we learned also that the word ve'achad here as a gezerah shava, that uh, the achad here can't, does not mean after everything that came before, but rather after one important item. And so when is that? It means after sprinkling of the blood of one of the um, uh, of the korbanot, then he can already drink wine. And so you have to read this out of order. This achad and achad parallel is telling you that the drinking wine is not necessarily in this order all the way at the end. It can even be beforehand. So that's the reason for Rabbanan. Now we ask about that. Wait, maybe this achad is coming, is building on the other achad. It has to be after you did the uh, shaving and the waving, all the way at the end. Then it has, then only then you can drink wine. So we answer, no, then what would the gezerah shava come to teach? From the form of achad, and then achad, that parallelism, uh, that word uh, repeating itself, uh, comes to tell us that read the last achad in the context of the achad beforehand. Um, and just like the achad beforehand is after one thing, so to this achad is after only one thing. And no, you don't have to wait all the way until the end. Okay, so that's the source for the machloket. So we have Rabbi Eliezer that says, oh, you have to do everything. And Chachamim say, no, you just have to do one thing. Uh, now, Amarav, the following, we're going to have a statement of Rav, Tenufa benazir me'akevet, that you must do the waving. Uh, and it's an absolutely necessary part. The, the nazir is not over. Nazirut is not over. He cannot drink wine until he does the waving. He has to do the waving. Okay. Um, and I've said this, and now we're going to have a discussion in two versions. 
Here's version number one. Aliba deman, ilem alibad rabanan, tiglachat amri rabanan la meakeva, tenu fami baya, if it's the, if it's rav, when he says you have to do the waving, according to whom, right, whose opinion is he following? If he's following rabanan, rabanan said that um, he doesn't even need to shave, all he has to do is offer one sacrifice, sprinkle the blood, even before he shaved, he can already drink the wine. Of course, he's supposed to do all the rest of the things, but the point is that those do not preclude drinking wine. So if he says that he doesn't even have to shave, and the shaving is an essential part, uh, is, seems more essential than waving, waving uh, in general uh, for other korbanot, um, where you have to do waving, it's a misvat aseh. But if you don't do the waving, it doesn't nullify the korban. You still get atonement, even if you don't do the waving. So waving in general is um, is usually not essential. And um, and the tiglachat, which is done right on his body, seems to be more essential. So if Rabbanan say he doesn't have to do shaving, certainly they would say he does not have to do the waving, and he can drink wine just after sprinkling one one blood. Um, and so, uh, therefore, Rav can't be talking about Rabbanan when he says the waving is essential. El ali It must be according to Eliezer. So, wait, Peshita Hamar Eliezer Harmasim Kulam. Wait, that would be too simple. Rabbi Eliezer, obvious. Rabbi Eliezer says you have to do the whole procedure and uh, after everything. And so, uh, and wouldn't that be obvious that, of course, you have to do the shaving and the waving? Why would Rav even need to say it? If he was if he was explaining him say, explaining the law according to the Beeliezer, and the answer is because I would have thought regarding atonement when you have to do waving for other korbanot that require waving, um, we consider the waving just a peripheral aspect of the mitzvah. It's a, uh, it's a side point, it's a side dish, but it's not necessary for atonement if you didn't have atonement. So here also we should say that it's not absolutely necessary. We might think that it's not absolutely necessary to do the waving and that's why um, Rav comes to teach comes to teach me that no don't think that according to Rabbi Eliezer the, the waving is absolutely necessary and so in fact Rabbi Eliezer can be the, uh, the, the source that Rav is explaining. In a couple of minutes we're going to see another version uh, of this in which we explain that Rav actually is following the uh, Rabbanan and uh, still he's saying yes Tenufa is necessary even according to Rabbanan Okay, but but first we have to clarify a few more things. Umi me akeva does uh, does waving really preclude um, his ability to drink wine? Uh, would uh, would anyone say that? We have a Baraita that said, that teaches this is the law for the Nazir. And the Nazir with he, with the comes is an inclusive word and comes to include whether he has palms or whether he does not have palms. If the Nazir happens to be a double amputee and has no hands, um, nevertheless, that's this is the law and uh, even though he cannot wave because he doesn't have palms to hold it that's okay he can still be a nazir and he can do, still do everything else it seems from here that the waving is not essential right because he doesn't have palms and he doesn't he can't do it and he, therefore he doesn't have to do it so it seems that it's not essential so Rav, why do you say 
um, that it is essential, and you know, within the context of Rabbi Eliezer, even though he says you have to do everything, but waving should not be essential according to Rav in the context of Rabbi Eliezer. So now we're going to refute this. No, it's not true. There's another Braita that says this is a, the law of the Nazir, whether he has hair or whether he has no hair. What if a Nazir is bald? He does, his hair doesn't grow at all. So then when, what, we, what are we going to do? Oh, he's still a Nazir and he does everything else and that's fine. Um, so are you going to say over here also that he doesn't, uh, a Nazir doesn't have to shave? A court within the context, again, of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says he has to shave. He has to do everything. And so you wouldn't say that. After all, we have another Braith that's going to clarify what he does when he's bald. A Nazir who is bald, well, it's a machloket. The Bet Shammai says he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't even have to pass a, uh, a, a razor on his head. And Betilel says he has to at least pass a razor on his head, even though there's no hair and it's not going to cut anything. Nevertheless, he has to just go through the motion and uh, and um, and pass it pass it over his head. Now let's explain this beraita because like what happens with this with this nazir? Does uh, does it count or does it not count? So when Bet Shammai says he doesn't have to pass a razor over his head, when he said doesn't have to, it means that it doesn't help. And he cannot have any remedy. He can't get out of a nizirut, even if he's a nizirut for 30 days. But in order to finish his nizirut, he has to cut his hair and he's bald. So he has no hair. Then he can never stop because even if he just passes a razor over, if he's not actually cutting hair, it doesn't conclude his nizirut. Sorry, you have to be a nazir forever, according to Bet Shammai. But Bet Hillel, who says, just pass it over, right? And right, we'll cut as much as we can. He has no hair. Okay, so at least we did what we could. And, um, and that's sufficient. Um, so what you see here is that according to Bet Hillel, even when, uh, if we read that back into this Braita, this says whether he has or he doesn't have hair, still Zotorat HaNazir. That means that it is Me'akev. You have to do the, you have to do shaving. Okay, if he doesn't have hair, we're still going to do a shaving act with a razor, passing it over his head. You still, you do the ceremony, whether it cuts or not, you do your best. Um, but it is necessary to do that. And so if we, if that's true here, we, that's, now we have a better understanding. We can read that, that interpretation back into the guy with no hands. If he has no hands, then he still does have to do a waving with of in some way. If he has four, put it on his forearms, right? You do something. And uh, so that you can fulfill the waving, but you have to fulfill the waving. It is, in fact, necessary. And so this answers the question, yes, waving is necessary. Shaving is necessary. If you can't do it in the normal way, you do something, but it still is necessary. And so Rav, uh, is, um, uh, uh, Rav is explained well within the context of Rabbi Eliezer. Okay, um, uh, now, side point, Vahainu did Rabbi Pedat. 
this interpretation that you had of the of Bet Shamai will accord with what Rabbi Pedat said. The Rabbi Pedat Bet Shamai v'Rabbi Eli Ayazer Amiru Debar Echad. Rabbi Pedat noticed that the logic that Bet Shamai said above that if there's uh, if he has no hair, sorry Charlie, you can't um, end your nizirut. Rabbi Eliezer said something similar. When when did he say that? Might Rabbi Eliezer the Tanya En Lo Bohen Yad Veregel En Lo Tahara Olamit Rabbi Eliezer. Here we're talking about a misorah. As part of his concluding ceremony, the Kohen has to take the blood and put it on his right thumb and right big toe. And what happens if this misorah does not have a, a thumb or a big toe? And sorry, you can't put the blood on it. You can't conclude your misorah. And therefore, he's going to be tameh misorah forever. That's the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. So you see how that matches up. And both Bet Shammai and Rabbi Eliezer, who incidentally, both of them often record the older layer of the uh, of the um, uh, of halacha, and so you know the the the, the older uh, um, uh, uh, the, the older layer of tradi- of tradition, and so both of them agree that you have to do a ceremony exactly as is recorded in the Torah, and if you can't do it exactly, then you lost your chance, you can't do anything at all. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says, you put it on where, whatever you can. If he's missing a thumb, so you put it on, on, the, on his hand. If he's missing a hand, you put it on the stump of his wrist, or right, you put it wherever you can. Hachamim say you put it on his left. If he doesn't have a right thumb, so you put it on his left thumb. Right? They're both saying you do the second best, whatever you can, but you do have to do it and you do fulfill. Whereas Bet Shammai says if you can't do it the right way, then you can't do it at all. And that is uh, in this is the same. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer said that, and that's the same logic as Bet Shammai. Now that we've finished the one version of the discussion, here is the second one. Lishana Harina Amari La Amar Rav Tenufa Ben Azir Me'akevet. Here's another version of the analysis. The same statement of Rav. He says that um, the waving is absolutely necessary for a Nazir to be able to conclude and start drinking wine. And we ask Ali Bademan, who is Rav following when he says the statement? Who is he trying to clarify? It can't be Rabbi Eliezer because that would be obvious. Rabbi Eliezer says you have to do all of the whole procedure and only at the end he can... Um, uh, he, he can uh, uh, drink wine. So that would be after the waving, after the haircut, after the haircut, after the waving. So Rav would not have to say it according to the Eliezer. So rather, it has to be according to Rabbanan. And we ask, How could it be Rabbanan? They say, they say that even taking a haircut, even shaving, is not necessary for the Nazir to go ahead and drink wine. And if it's not necessary to uh, take a haircut, all the more so, it would not be necessary to do the wave offering, which generally is something that Bidiyavad, if you don't do, it's still okay. Um, so we ask, Wait a second, is that true? That waving is not necessary? 
זו תורת הנזיר בין שיש לו כפיים בין שאין לו כפיים. Regarding um, uh, נזיר, um, there's a brighta that says, where if he has no hands, doesn't matter, he still has to do, he still has to do the waving. And so we see that waving is in fact necessary. So that's right. Even though regarding other karbanot, maybe waving is not necessary. Um, but, and, and even though Rabbanan say, shaving is not necessary for the, for him to end, but, that Rabbanan would say, so even though they say shaving is not necessary, waving is necessary, right, for a Nazir. And that's what this Baraita teaches. Okay, so that's a, that's a good answer. So Rav is following Rabbanan and saying, according to Rabbanan, I know they just told you that all he has to do is uh, do a sprinkling of the blood of one of the of one of the korbanot um but he also has to do the waving right he has to do those things even though he does have to do shaving he has to wave and that I've, that's what i was coming to tell us according to rabbanan um so that's a good answer I mean, are we going to ask but look at this beraita that has the same form as the previous one and it said in the same same pasuk, this is the law of the Nazir, what's the Nazir coming to include, whether he has hair or whether he does not have hair. So now you're going to say the same thing that, oh, look, it says he, whether he has hair or not, um, uh, he, this is the law of the Nazir. So that means that he has to take a haircut. Um, so you're going to say the same thing, just like you read it in here, um, that he has to do the waving. So too, he has to take a haircut. And this is all going to be for Rabbanan. And to explain this, um, uh, this Baraita, we uh, cite yet another one that says, A Nazir who is bald, Bet Shammai says, there he does not have to pass a razor over his head. Betilel says he does need to pass a razor over his head. And this is the key difference here. We're going to give a different explanation of what that means, eno sarich and sarich. Rabbi Abina says, when it says, according to Betilel, sarich means that he has to cut his hair, and since he has no hair, he has no remedy, and he can never drink wine. It's the opposite of the interpretation we said before, right? It's a bit ambiguous when it says he doesn't need to. Does that mean he doesn't need to and he's okay? Or he doesn't need to and he can't and, and he's not okay? So before we said that according to Bet Shammai, Eno Sarich means um, he, he is, is no point in, uh, in putting a razor over his head because he can't fulfill. And before we said Betilel says, just pass a razor over his bald head and that's okay. But now we're interpreting it the opposite way. Betilel says, he needs to shave his hair and he has no hair. So sorry, he is a Nazir forever. What we see from this Baraita is that uh, when we ever, whenever we um, have uh, this Pasuk, Zotrat Nazir, and we say, you know, whether he has it or not, according to Betilel, it is necessary. Now, this Baraita, it must be according to the be, follow the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, because the only Rabbi Eliezer says he needs to shave, whereas Rabbanan says he does not need to shave. He just has to bring one thing, and that was the Korban. Um, but nevertheless, even though this Baraita is probably according to Rabbi Eliezer, we're learning from the methodology of this Baraita uh, back to this one that says whether he has hands or not, it is necessary. Uh, and so this means that, yes, it's necessary 
necessary to bring a uh, to do the wave the wave offering. And this baraita can be according to Rabbanan, and that's why Rav is saying that even though Rabbanan said you need one thing, and one thing meant sprinkling of the sprinkling of the of the blood, um, uh, but they're adding also that one thing includes. If you're bringing a shilamim, you have to do the whole part of the whole uh, ceremony of that shilamim offering. And you have to take that uh, shank bone and you're going to have to put it on the bread and you're going to have to wave it. Um, and it is a necessary part, um, according to Rabbanan. So um, Rav is not, probably not saying that, according to Rabbanan, you have to shave also. Um, even though these two taught are brought back to back, it doesn't mean that um, uh, both of them would be according to Rabbanan. Because if you interpret it that way, then that would mean that according to Rabban, you have to do the waving and the shaving, and then well, that's everything, and there will be no difference between Rabbanan and uh, and uh, Rabbi Eliezer. So therefore, we can say that the second Braita is in fact Rabbi Eliezer, and the first one is Rabbanan. Um, and so yes, according in Rabban's interpretation, according to Rabbanan, you have to do the waving as well. Okay, now last point about this: the Bet Shammai yesh lo takana upeliga derebi pedat. The way to be Avina explained this Baraita in this version is that according to Bet Shammai, enosarich you don't have to bother since he's bald, naturally bald, his hair doesn't grow, uh, therefore he is exempt from doing the uh, from exempt from shaving. Right, and he can, he does have a remedy. Okay, so you can't do that. That's all right. So you do your best and um, and uh, you don't have to shave off any hair. And according to this interpretation, this would be the, against what Rabbi Padat said. Because Rabbi Padat, if you remember up above, he tried to say that there was an equivalence um, between um, uh, between the Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Betshabai, and Rabbi Eliezer, um, uh, regarding a, a mesora who has no thumb or has no toe, big toe. So Rabbi Eliezer says he can't do it forever. And Rabbi Pedat said that was the same as Betshabai, uh, that if he has no hands, he can't do, he has no hair, he's bald, he can't, he can't undo, he, he can't get out of his nizirut. But according to this interpretation of Betshabai, here Betshabai says if he's bald, that's okay, he doesn't have to shave off any hair. Um, and so that would be the opposite of Rabbi Eliezer. In fact, the Bet Shammai in that, in that's the second reading would be um, more like Rabbi Shimon or Chachamim, um, that you do your best, you do something. Um, but yes, there is a remedy uh, to it. All right. And the last Mishnah for the staff. Gileach el alazebach v'nimsa pasul tiglachto pesula uzbachav lo alu lo. If someone, a Nazir, he brought a zevach, any one of the three korbanot that um, he needs to bring, and then he shaved um, after that one sacrifice, right? That's what we saw before, that he, um, there was a machloket, which one is ideal to bring first and shave after that, but the avad, no matter which one he brought first and he shaved after that one, that's okay. Here's the problem. If it turns out that it was pasul, if he did the shechita, and then he's taking the blood, and let's say the blood uh, spills on the floor, or becomes tameh, and now this sacrifice that he brought is no good, and yet he already shaved, right? He did the... Um, he he uh, he did the shechita and then he shaved and then turns out after he after he shaves that the something went wrong, and the sacrifice is no good. So if if so, then that shaving is also no good, 
and um, the rest of the korbanot that he brings are also no good. What's the reason for all this? Well, because shaving is only valid if it's done after one proper sacrifice. Because it turns out that that one sacrifice that he did first was no good, that means he shaved improperly. Shaving improperly in the middle of Nezirut, does, now he's, he's not a candidate to bring his korbanot because he, he, can't, he has to wait 30 days till he can um, grow more hair so that he can shave. Since he's not a candidate to bring the rest of the korbanot, the first one was already pasul, the next ones that he brings do not count for anything. He's going to have to wait 30 days to do the whole thing over again. All right, so that's the problem. You know, better for a Nazir to, uh, to hold on, you know, wait till you confirm that the first, uh, the first um, um, korban that you brought was all good, and then only then shave, and then he can bring the other ones. Okay, now that's the general, um, that's the general rule. Now we're going to bring some, a couple of specific examples. Gelech ala hatat shelolishma. If the Nazir first brought a Korban Hatat and then he shaved, but it turns out that when the Kohen brought the Korban Hatat, he had wrong intention. He had intention that the Hatat would be an Ola, and that's no good. A Hatat has to, you have to have proper intention and know exactly what it, what it is, which type of Korban it is, and why you're bringing it. And so now it turns out that this Hatat was no good. And after that, so he did, he brought the Hatat, he shaved, but the Hatat was no good. After that, he brought the other Korbanot, the Shalamim and the Ola, and he did those properly. Nevertheless, the shaving is no good, and therefore all of his korbanot are no good. Again, the same reason, because he shaved without first, essentially, without having bought a korban, because the tchatat was no good. So now he shaved before bringing any proper korbanot, so that shaving is in violation of, nizir, of his nizirut, and so now he's not in a state when he can bring, uh, bring any sacrifices. He's got to wait 30 days. Um, okay, next case. Similarly, if he shaved um, after bringing the Ola or the Shelamim, and he brought them for Shelolishman. Uh, now, Ola and Shelamim, if you bring it thinking that it's something else, some other kind of uh, of Korban, you thought the Ola was a Shelamim, or thought the Shelamim was an Ola. Um, so, uh, uh, and then he brought the other ones, and they were Lishma. So, again, the uh, sh- the haircut, the shaving is no good because he brought, the, he, he, he shaved after that first Ola, but since it turns out the Ola was not, it was not Lishma, and so now, when when you bring a olah shelamim shelolishma, even though the sacrifice itself can continue to be sacrificed, uzvachav lo alula lo alulo doesn't count for a nazir. If one brings a shelamim. Having in mind that it'll be something else, it'll be a regular shelamim, but it will not fulfill the vow or the obligation that caused him to bring it in the first place. So even though this ola or, or shelamim, you can go ahead and finish the process, but it doesn't count as for his nezidut because he shaved after a sacrifice that was just a stam sacrifice. It was just becomes just a, like a voluntary offering, and not for a nazir sacrifice. Therefore. 
that that shaving was not part of a concluding a concluding ceremony. It was a shaving that was improper, illegal, and now he has to wait 30 days, and so the whole thing is is finished. Okay, so uh, in fact, uh, we have three different clauses, and the law is the same for all of them, but the reason why we separate the last one into a separate clause is because that is subject to machloket. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Oto HaZebach Lo Ala Lo, Avar Sha'ar Zevachim Alu. Rabbi Shimon says, Yes, while that uh, that korban, let's say, brought a shelamim first, and he had the wrong intention for that shelamim, thinking it was something else, um, so it will not count for his nizirut, but the others do count. Then we're going to explain the bishimon in a second in, in the Gemara. Um, so according to the bishimon, you brought a shelamim with wrong intention and then took a haircut. Don't worry, that haircut can still be based on that that korban, even though the korban does not count for nizirut, it's okay. The shaving is still a valid shaving. And then he brings the other two, and he brings another shalamim for nizirut, and that's okay. So that's what Bishimon uh, disagrees with Tanakama. Tanakama says, no, even though the shalamim becomes a valid stam shalamim, but it's not for Nazirut, so he shaved without any any Nazir specific uh, korban, so it's no good. The Bishimon says if he shaves after, even after a non-specific uh, korban, it's still okay as long as he brought something before he shaved. Now back to everyone's opinion. If he shaved after any one of these. Um, uh, after all three, and one at least one of them was okay, then the shaving is fine. In other words, if he brought all three korbanot and shaved after all three korbanot, and then turns out when uh, after they uh, replayed the tape, turns out that one of the ones that he brought was no good. Well, okay, but uh, so he'll have to bring, um, he'll have to make up that one that was no good. But the shaving is okay because the shaving came after at least one proper nazir sacrifice that's all you need one anyone that's a proper nazir sacrifice he shaves after that that's okay and so um it turns out one of the three um was no good or even two of the three was no good okay so make up those sacrifices but the but he did the um shaving in proper order and so he doesn't have to shave again, and he can and uh, and he can just go on uh, with the makeups. All right, now let's explain here to Bishimon. We can see from here that according to the Bishimon, if a Nazir shaves after bringing a voluntary shelamim, that's valid. I mean, he's supposed to bring a, a one of the korbanot uh, for a Nazir. But if he didn't, that's okay. Um, and that's what happens here. Because he brought the shelamim, he, he wanted to bring it for a nazir, but the kohen messed up and had intention for something else. So that becomes a shalmen edava, and that is sufficient to prep him to shave. And this the source of this is the pasuk says, he's going to put, um, uh, the uh, uh, he's going to put it on the fire, which is his hair. He's going to put the hair on the fire, which is under the zevach shelamim, the sacrifice of the shelamim. It doesn't say shelamav. It doesn't say for his shelamim offering. 
but uh, what, and if it said shalamav, it would mean the specific one that he's bringing as a nazir. But it doesn't say shalamav, it says shalamim, which is more generic. And generic um, term means that even if it's just a regular shalamim, shalamin nedava, as long as there was a shalamim there and he cut his hair after that, then that is sufficient according to the Bishim on Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.